0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Rod Talia. It is January 17, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Had a great weekend and nice Monday, hopefully. Um good to be back. And I am looking forward to uh, a lot of things, obviously. You know, it's... Uh, New year first month going well for the most part so feels good to uh, get it going get back you know on track and uh, have some good times and good moments so there's that um, as always you can find more of me and my NFL content on various platforms and I've been going NFL heavy a lot um, that may change Maybe I may go back to some of the things that I used to do. Who knows? Uh, but uh, good to be um, back here and there's a whole lot to get into of recapping NFL Super Wild Card Weekend that concluded last night for Tampa and Dallas. So I'm going to recap all of it and give you my take and analysis on what we saw throughout this playoff weekend. Um, obviously, there's been so much I already talked about, um, and this is going to be Really interesting to see uh, how things kind of continue to develop um, as we get into the key round of, you know, key moment uh, of the year for, you know, some of the exciting playoff games that are on the horizon. So let's get right to it. Um, You know, there's uh, quite a bit to talk about. Where I will start off um, is talking about, the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers who uh, squared off, um, you know, in the first playoff, uh, wild game, um, playoff game this weekend uh, between two division rivals that obviously have had a lot of history, as I previously previewed and mentioned, um, you know, and, you know, the Seahawks and 49ers are at very interesting points, you know, in, in their uh, you know, franchises. If you look at the Seattle Seahawks and what they've been able to kind of do and overcome uh, throughout this entire football season was pretty pretty special. And, you know, the key thing is now, you know, at the quarterback position, you know, what does Seattle do uh, going forward? You know, they have a lot of questions now in terms of what do they do with their quarterback of the future? How do they build their franchise at the quarterback position? Because that's going to be a huge thing for them. Because they have They have really good talent there that they can uh, continue to develop and get better at. And so Pete Carroll may be there for a little bit more longer um, as a coach because of what he's able to have this year. And the 49ers obviously are going to have questions with... Uh, their quarter situation has also become very, very, very interesting just because of the performance of Brock Purdy. So, the 49ers ended up beating the Seattle Seahawks 41-23. to Uh, This was a game in which uh, both teams played really well early on. Um, It was closer than anticipated early on. You really saw the Niners come out and, you know, do their thing, uh, play well. um, You know, it took a little while to get going. Brock 40 took a little while to get settled in. uh, But once he was able to kind of find his spots, uh, you know, he was able to do um, some good things. And... What a season, what a moment for Brock Purdy, being where he is and being that last pick in the NFL draft is still irrelevant. And look what he did, got a, got a playoff win on his resume. And there's nothing better and cooler than that to be able to go from that moment in the draft to having a playoff victory under your belt. And that's what he did. And he had a pretty good performance. He ended up having two or three touchdowns or so. And a few of them were, uh, were to McCaffrey. And Debo Samuel, who made his return, and Debo Samuel looked really solid. Obviously, the long touchdown uh, run—you uh, know, after the catch, catching that pass, turning into a turning into a huge, huge, huge play. Um, you know, Overall, you saw the Niners play their style, play their overall scheme, and they took it—you know—perfection. To um, Look at the how you know, Geno Smith kept them going in this game. Like Metcalf and his connection was really tremendous, and really the turning point in this game um, and why Seattle ended up losing was their turnovers. You know, Seattle had a great opportunity to, you know, either tie the game, um, you know, toward the end of the third quarter and they had a fumble, I believe, uh, in in Niners territory, uh, which really kind of cost them, you know, and that was caused by, I think, uh, Bosa, who was able to get some pressure. um, And... That was the difference in the game. that Seattle had two turnovers. Uh, the one turnover was a fumble, one was an interception. Um, but the game kind of broke out as uh, soon as, you know, one played net to, to the X. And the Niners executed so well, they really came after it. and Defensively, they had their, their you know, struggles a little bit uh, in terms of the secondary. And that's what Seattle was going to try to attack was their secondary, um, which, you know, the Niners secondary... Has been you know on and off, but they've been solid for the most part. And so Seattle took advantage of some good matchups there early on, uh, but you know it wasn't enough. You know it wasn't enough. The playmakers for Seattle just really couldn't match score for, score for score uh, per se against the 49ers late in this game. And that's what it kind of came down to was you know Kyle Shanahan kind of you know getting a lot of things going left and right and thousand difference in the game, but you gotta give Pete Carroll uh, a lot of credit, Geno Smith a lot of credit because their, you know, their relationship, their duo this season was really what kept Seattle going from a team that traded their franchise quarterback to making the playoffs um, as a seventh seed, pretty impressive for what they were able to do, um, and you know, that's that's gonna be something that Seattle's gonna be hoping to, you know, build upon. And Geno Smith, obviously, may be back. uh, Depending on, you know, the way he played this year, he definitely deserves an opportunity to be the quarterback next year. Um, And what Seattle might do with the draft picks is another thing altogether. Um, But for the most part, you saw um, some really good things from from the Seattle Seahawks this year. They gave the Niners a a pretty good game, and the Niners now advance. Uh, and we'll be hosting, obviously, another key playoff game next week. So now I want to get to the Saturday night playoff game, which is between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And heading into this game, I thought that the Chargers were going to win. Um, and the Chargers, once again, do what they always do. They do the charter type of thing they always, they always end up coming up short and so i expected a game that was going to be a shootout was going to be close uh way things started although was really crazy i mean trevor lawrence went from having four interceptions to finishing with four touchdowns just a really crazy stat line Um, a lot of perseverance and and Trevor Lawrence showing why he was worthy of the number one overall pick by Jacksonville because you know, you get down by that much and you have consecutive plays that end up in turnovers and you know you think you're out of it but Doug Peterson's experience uh, his coaching really Trevor Lawrence in a great spot he bounced back in a big way uh, being able to show out and you know, give it his all and you've got a coach that believes in you you got a, a team that believes in you a lot of things can happen the Jacksonville Jaguars stunned the Chargers 31 to 30 um, this was a game where the Chargers had five turnovers the defense got five turnovers and this is the first time in the NFL history that a team of this big in the playoffs uh, lost this type of lead. And Brandon Staley, you know, even heading into this game, there were so many questions about his future, about what he's going to do as a coach, uh, not being smart, you know, playing Mike Williams last week, which which really hurt because, you know, they had Mike Williams out there with Keenan Allen. Maybe Herbert would have had more success down the field. And so you just look at it, a complete collapse and embarrassment for Brandon Staley, especially just because they had a great lead and you thought that his signature was defense. And for one half, the Chargers looked like a complete different, good team. They were rocking and rolling. They were playing so well and not being able to kind of hold that pulse of that team, that vibe of that team, you know, know, things continue to happen left and right. One by one, things started turning. And there were some play calls as a coach that Staley missed in this one. There was a key, uh, you know, conversion play that they missed at the end of the first half. Chargers punt the ball way back to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville goes ahead and puts up a touchdown. And so, I mean, when you look at it, there was a lot of things that started to spiral downwards for the Chargers. And they couldn't stop it. Jacksonville just really kept on coming, kept on coming. And Doug Peterson did a tremendous job coaching. Some great play calling, especially late in the fourth quarter. Salem did not have that. Chargers even missed a field goal as well in this game, put up some extra points. Um, I don't know. It was just one of those crazy, wild playoff games in which Chargers had everything in their hands. They let it all slip away uh, again and again and again. And, I mean, give credit to Jacksonville's defense as well. I mean, they really did a great job as well of really forcing the Chargers to go nowhere. And the more perplexing thing with the Chargers in this one was Austin Eckler not getting enough carries, not getting enough, um, you know, not enough opportunities to, um, you know, to win, uh, to run the football. You know, if you got a big lead like that, if you got a big lead like that, you have to be able... Uh, to, you know, run the clock a little bit, play clock management. Situational football really comes into play. And Staley, unfortunately, failed in doing that because they had ran the football a little bit more and they had tried to get a couple of things going. It could have been a much better spot. Justin Herbert, I expected more from him a little bit as well, uh, because he's very talented and he's really good, but the section broke down pretty quickly for, for him. Um, you know, Jackson broke down pretty quickly for him. He didn't have, he didn't have his best game. I mean, he couldn't do a whole lot either because they just weren't able to play call in a certain way. So, like, it was one of the places where the coaching I felt like really held the Chargers back and held Justin Herbert back in this particular playoff game because, you know, the formula was to obviously spread the football out, play it out, and if you only have Keen Allen, Allen to worry about, really, uh, as an outside threat, you can really pinpoint a lot of different things, and so, a tough thing for the Chargers, they really had a solid year, gone to the playoffs for the first time in a long while, and to go out in that fashion on a field goal that obviously Jaguars the, the made was great, and Travis Etienne had a nice game as well. And so. I mean, you'd be surprised. was a young team that I didn't think they were going to pick this early, and they have, and they are advancing to the next round, and the Chargers are facing an offense with a lot of questions because you, know, you, have, you have your two wide receivers that you pay uh, you know, $100 million-plus, plus. And Mike Williams obviously could not play in this game. Um, you look at the play call, the offensive staff, I mean, look at it, the Chargers' season, um, they dealt with the injuries, there's no doubt. They dealt with the injuries. They're, that's uh, definitely a fact. So in one regard, you can give Stanley a little bit of, you know, a break there because they had a lot of injuries. Obviously, Bosa's his emotions were up there as well. He got, uh, there's a key penalty on him that led the Jacksonville the Jaguars Jack, the Jack, the Jack, to get, a, you know, to move closer to a two-point conversion attempt um so you just look at it they had a lot of injuries they and they kind of came together at the very end uh, not playing their fully best and maybe the decision also to play starters against the denver broncos was a mistake uh just because of how long he left the both of the teams and so i mean anyway you look at it staley definitely had um you know Staley did not have his best play calling uh, against Jackson, but he's not coached well. His coaching compared to Doug Peterson's coaching was way different. Doug Peterson having more experience really kept his team more calmer, kept his team more in the rhythm of things. And so now Staley is facing an offseason where will he remain as coach? He may like this to remain as coach, um, but there's got to be changes to something on that offense, of staff. Um, and there's got to be a little more of depth and playmaking for for Justin Herbert because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, are not enough, and the running game offensive line is something we have to address a lot more in the offseason coming up. So now I want to move on talking about the Sunday uh, playoff games that took place, and let's start with um the miami dolphins and the buffalo bills the buffalo bills were able to escape for the 34 31 victory um looking at this game i mean i don't think anyone really saw miami winning but uh they had a really they really made it close they really made it a very really close game um Buffalo Bills did not play their best football. They were definitely sloppy in this one, but they did, they did enough to win this game. I mean, look at it. Uh, Buffalo Bills got up to a great start, had a 17 0 lead, but Josh Allen had a couple of costly interceptions and a fumble in return for a touchdown. Miami battled back. you got to give Mike McDaniel and, and this defense a lot of credit, uh, and this team a lot of credit. The Miami Dolphins battled back, with Skylar Thompson, his first playoff game, I mean, the Dolphins kept on sticking with it, you know, being aggressive in their play calling. Uh, they, they even got back in this game and, and held a lead at some point. Um, Buffalo Bills struggled to defend those things um, in these situations. Um, but this game just really came down to a, a few things. You know, it came down to a, small, really a lot of key penalties that really prevented Miami from uh, advancing their drives. The Bills uh, offensive line struggled a little bit. Stefan Diggs had a nice game, you know. He had a nice game in terms of Gabe Davis. But I think more importantly this game really just came down to the turning point that really decided this game was uh, once Kyle Thompson missing, Tyreek Hill on a potential play on a fourth and sixth play. you know, instead of taking the middle of the field, he went to be outside instead, and that ended up being costly. There was also a key penalty on fourth and one. You know, fourth and one, they had a key penalty, which Mike McDaniel thought they had the first down. They weren't sure, they didn't have any timeouts to burn, uh, and they ended you know, up getting a delay of game. So, situational football, clock management, that really hurt the Miami Dolphins. They were in prime position, down 34 31 to driver, driver, the drive left of the field um, to win the game, possibly, or tie the game. And they couldn't execute that play on 4th and 1 because the delay of game penalty. And then that 4th and 6th play, rather Skylar Thompson taking the middle of the field, and not see, he didn't see that really well, um, that ended up being costly. And the Dolphins, I mean, you look at this team and their defense played solid. You saw their passers get home. Their running game do well. Waddle and Hill... Had their moments, but you know, just not having that chemistry, you know, uh, you know, with the quarterback and the wide receiver, it really was a turning point, you know, for the for the Dolphins. I mean, no one thought they were going to win this game, and they still made it look like they, they, they competed well, they played hard. Mike McDaniels coached well until that very last few minutes of that game, and so you know, just not having Tua there um, and that chemistry really the Miami Dolphins' chance of Going give Buffalo credit. I mean, they could have easily, you know, like the, the Bills, with that they were playing, they could have easily, um, you know, been down by more digits. But you know, they were Josh Allen is obviously such great talent, and he's been obviously ascending for a while. You you knew they really had to get that game. They had to win that game, um, and they did uh, somehow, some way. Not all playoff games are. Uh, Um, clean and you know, all about getting getting, getting, the W, uh, but the Bills have a lot to clean up uh, just because they are going to be in for a a hell of a matchup next week at home, and so you expect to see some better things overall from just the um, overall like the vibe and uh, you know, the Bills obviously, their defense you do want to see them play much better um, because they are still, you know, vulnerable in some areas which they can run. So, uh, it'll be fun to watch kind of what happens. But for the Miami Dolphins, they had a really good season. Um, obviously the future of Tua, his health is going to be a big thing to watch this season. Um, just because, you know, you want to see him, you know, get back to playing and being up there. Um... Just in terms of, you know, the football and being able to have a chance to play. I mean, I, I don't really know. Dolphins have, have a lot to figure out in terms of their playing quarterback. I mean, Tua definitely deserves to be their starter. He's healthy and he's right. He should be out there. Um, but obviously, with the injuries he's had lately, it's going to be really, really interesting uh, to see what the Dolphins do and how do they kind of tackle this offseason. season. The Giants, uh, as I thought they were going to do, beat the Minnesota Vikings, thirty-one to twenty-four. What a great game and what a big moment for New York and, uh, and the Giants fan base, and you know everyone was rooting the Giants. Ended up playing a really great game against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, one of the best performances that Daniel Jones has, the Giants quarterback being able to do it with his arm as well as his legs. Uh, The Giants competed very, very well. I mean, you know, the Vikings obviously were a team all year long that had that talent, had that, you know, that look of a team that was getting by, was getting those wins. Um, But when they all came together, they weren't able to to get it done. And the Giants came and played really well. Uh, You know, the Vikings got off to an early start, but the Giants answered with their drive of their own. Saquon had a nice game about Slayton and Isaiah Hodgkins, a great story for the Giants, obviously with the weapons that the Giants have. <laughs> I mean, some really great uh, performances from their, from their receivers. And the coaching for the Giants was really solid. You know, Wink Martindale had a great plan on defense. Uh, really took away Justin Jefferson for most of the game. Um, you know, kind of just saw uh, just the great overall Game plan for the Giants, where they, you know, ran the football, attacked the uh, Vikings secondary throughout the air. You saw Daniel Jones make some solid throws in the pocket uh, with conviction. Uh, It was just a great game that the Giants had played, executed. You know, they really took it to the Minnesota Vikings, not backing down. And the Giants had, you know, a nice drive in the fourth quarter to put this one, uh, you know, out of. uh, You know, they put a nice drive together in the fourth quarter. You know, the Vikings had a chance to kind of mash that or tie that. And Kirk Cousins really, instead of going for a longer pass, kind of took the check down because of the pressure that he was getting in the pocket. Um, and it was just really surprising for that play call and that type of decision that Kevin McConnell had there. I mean, you know, the plan was to go a little bit deep, but they didn't play their basket. I mean, it was a key drop or so by a few players. The Giants' corners play extremely well. You know, um, and so you look at the Vikings. I mean, they just, you know, they just could not stick to um, their their formula. They weren't able to get those big pass plays in in the game as much. You know, they got a few of them at times, um, but the Giants, for the most part, kept them. um, You know, from getting those big explosive plays, Um, and the penalties were there as well. The pressure was there. Um, overall, the Giants kept this game within reach. You know, the Vikings couldn't build, a, a, couldn't get that big lead. You know, they couldn't build a you know, big lead or anything like that. So it was a tight game, which came up the X's and O's, and Kirk Cousins just wasn't able to execute as well. You know, you didn't see enough from the playmakers for the Vikings step up in key moments. The offensive line definitely struggled in some areas as well. And so you got to give the Giants a lot of credit because. Yeah, you know, the Vikings had so many weapons and so many different looks that they got from the Giants and they were able to weather that storm early on and Saquon showed something as well and I mean, how about Daniel Jones just having a, a great moment, you know in terms of just uh, being able to, you know all season long he's been talked about about, you know, not playing up to par and having the struggles through. and no doubt Daniel Jones has had a lot of, you know and downs and obviously wasn't playing his best the uh, last two, three years or so. But, you know, if you get a coach, you get an offensive coordinator that, you know, leads to you and just to your play style, uh, a lot of things can happen. And so Jones definitely with his play has earned the right to be the quarterback next year. Um, and the future is promising. Obviously, you need to get more playmakers um, on this roster. But, you know, for once you just saw you know, a great performance from him, which he wasn't backing down. He wasn't afraid. You know, he took on a lot of big hits in that game as well and really took it took it to the uh to the Vikings defense. And so the Giants now advance uh to Philadelphia, which will be a really tough game. But Big Blue gets a key victory in their first positive victory in a in a long while and uh it was a great performance for Brian Dable. And the coaching staff, just to be able to get get it all working together, um, and you know, putting it together in a in a very solid performance all the way around. The Bengals uh, escaped with a twenty-four to seventeen win over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this was also a very surprisingly competitive game. Uh, you saw the Bengals come out and play well early on a little bit. You know, Jamar has got a touchdown. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, I think, had a score of his own. Uh, but the Ravens' defense really played a solid game. They kept the Bengals from having an explosive game uh, the way they had it earlier in the season. Uh, the Ravens got their pass rush going. Their secondary played a really good game as well. It really did not give anything easy to the Cincinnati Bengals at all. They they kept coming after them. You know, the offensive line for the Bengals did struggle to hold love and pass protection. Um, And, you know, that kept the game close. As for the Ravens, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley did end up playing. And you saw the Ravens rushing attack. do some really good things. They got some big pass plays. There was one touchdown pass to to Marcus Robinson. That was a solid one. Uh, The Ravens really played a solid game. Uh, for the most part, the turning point in this game was Tyler Huntley's fumble um, at the go- uh, you know, near, the, near the goal line for the chance to take a 24-17 lead against the Bengals. Tyler Huntley reaching for, you know, trying to re- jump and reach for the end zone. ball gets knocked out and Sam Hubbard returns it for a you know, defensive score. And that was really a, a backbreaker for the Ravens because they weren't able to recover after that. You know, um, and that situation J. K. Dobbins should have got the ball as he said it you know, in the post game comments. I mean you have to have that situation, give it to your running back. You know, and that play call and that play call wasn't the best, you know, for the Ravens at all. Um, if they had been able to they hand it off, they could have had a better result instead of, you know, having the ball returned all the way on the other end for a touchdown. And so, I mean, the Ravens really played a good game. They just had that one play that swung all the momentum back in the Bengals' favor. And, you know, the Ravens had a, had a chance to tie the game at the end. Their clock management was a little bit off. You know, like a lot of time run off the clock. Um, and Tyler Huntley wasn't able to get it into the end zone. You know, Andrews obviously had some chances. Um, you know, but uh, that, that, that last play call came very, very close for the, the Ravens to possibly just tie that game. So it was a solid game. The Bengals, no doubt, have a lot to work on. They didn't play their best. I mean, Chase was kept in check other than that touchdown. Um, but the Bengals just played their, play their style and they got that turnover play when they needed. They got the lone turnover, I believe, in the game. And so you just look at it all the way around uh, a really good job by the Bengals to you know their defense showing up in that situation and getting that ball and turning into a score was really a, a solid thing um, and the Bengals um, you know rode uh, back to the Super Bowl um, and they got off to a good start with, with the win here at home against the Ravens team. Now for Lamar Jackson obviously a lot was made about him not playing because of the knee uh, and then, mark is a very special player, has had a lot of success, no doubt injuries have, have definitely hurt him and his team last year or so, but uh, Ravens have to make a decision. You know, you do want to keep him as your quarterback, your best chance of competing is with him, uh, because if he goes, he walks, Ravens is they built around him, you know, you don't really know what they're going to be able to plug and play with, so Ravens have to make a decision, they have to, either, you know, obviously franchise tag him or give him um, you know uh, you know, some type of contract because he has carried this team on his back. When he's, he's been healthy and solid, he's done a lot of good things for this team and so they have to keep him keep him there and um, you know because outside of that I don't really know what options they have a quarterback that, that will really be good for this, for this team and this roster um, so you know, it'll be interesting to watch what ends up happening with uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and their contact. Because obviously that definitely weighed in a lot on the Ravens this year, their locker with their players. And so we're going to find out how much they really um, are going to be, you know, leaving Lamar Jackson and giving him a contract that he wants. And finally, the game that ended. Uh, wild card round was the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, Tom Brady's, you know. Uh, against Dak Prescott, and it was a game in which, you know, a lot was expected from both teams, and both teams started off a little bit, you know, sluggish, but the Cowboys and Dak Prescott performed a huge performance, it was probably one of the better games that Dallas Cowboys had in the playoffs in recent memory, with Dak Prescott having three to four touchdowns, they really took it to the, to the Buccaneers, kind of shutting their defense in a lot of different areas. Tom Brady's record against the Cowboys. Got his first look against the Cowboys now. I mean, the Buccaneers just really did not look like a team that was ready to play. Didn't have a whole lot of success in the regular season, obviously. It was a tough year for the Buccaneers. Injuries, Tom Brady not playing as well, explosive plays. Um, The Buccaneers, you know, they had a chance to keep this game close, but Brady had a red zone interception, which really was a backbreaker. And the running game wasn't there for the for the Buccaneers. The big pass plays weren't there and the Cowboys took their time, got their offense going and really just took this game away early on. I mean, you just saw them get a uh, lot, Buccaneers had a lot of defensive miscues in this game and the Cowboys took advantage of that. You saw Prescott, Michael McCarthy do some good things. Although the one concern for the Cowboys was their, you know, their kicking situation where their Brent Maher missed four extra points or so in this game and so, that was troubling to see a little bit. But other than that, Dallas came out of their first playoff road win in, in 20 plus years. Buccaneers, um, you know, you just did not see enough from their defense at times, the turnovers, there was nothing there at all. Tom Brady, no matter what, uh, greatest quarterback of all time, had a lot of success, you know, didn't play his best when he needed to, but he's had a Hall of Fame career. He's done a lot on the football field that is memorable and celebrated. And so now the Cowboys advance. They'll be playing play in a rematch from last year's playoff game. The Buccaneers will have a lot to decide this off season, How they want to build this team forward with the talent they do have. So 31-14 uh, to 14 was the final score with that game. And, um, you know, Dallas definitely uh, shook off the doubters for one week. We'll see how they do now next week. So the NFC East has three playoff teams in the divisional round. That's the first time since... 2002 it's gonna be exciting to watch how the nfc playoffs and nfc playoffs unfold the divisional round uh, coming up in this football weekend